Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. We're so happy that you're here with us. You know, Kathy and I, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, have been doing this for 14 years, and we're really glad that you're with us, you know, over the years with Leadership Development News, but also in the work that both Kathy and I do as, as consultants and executive coaches. We have helped thousands of people to perform in the top 10%. You know, that top 10% is a tipping point, and we're always trying to look for, you know, things that, we can, that can help you to be in the top 10%, things that can help your team be in the top 10%. And these days we've been really focusing on what do you do in the moment to be emotionally brilliant. We have a book called Emotional Brilliance that really is looking at what do you bring forward, what do you summon, what do you select out of your strengths so that in the moment you can be more brilliant. And so in these interviews we're always looking for tips, tools from the great people that we uh, interview about uh, things that can bring to you to be more brilliant. And as you know, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, we've been doing this forever, and Kathy is the author of uh, nine books. She is my partner uh, in Emotional Brilliance. And Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Relly. I am always honored to be here with one of my dearest friends, who, by the way, is celebrating an amazing birthday in 2021, so I'm going to wish you a happy birthday every week of this month, Rally. Oh, um, and great. for those of you who <laughs> who don't know my esteemed and wonderful co-host, Rally Nadler, you know he is such an amazing person. He has been a you know a teacher at the College of Executive Coaching among among many many organizations. He is a leadership uh, development expert, a team trainer well over seven books uh, in his career. Most recently, our joint book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life, which, as you know, we've turned into an amazing e-learning platform uh, at eblife.com. And you can get a free trial at eblife.com backslash free trial. And there are so many free bonuses every week that really personally produces to add value to your life. And we are so delighted today to share with you many of our experiences through the voice of an amazing, wonderful, uh, uh, just fabulous person. Um, He is uh, a maestro, a conductor, uh, and his name is Roger Nuremberg. So we're going to get into a conversation with Roger in just a couple of minutes. But before we do, Relly, I'd love for uh, all of our listeners to know a little bit more about what we're doing at Emotional Brilliance Academy. Sure. Well, both Kathy and I use as a uh, focus working with people around emotional intelligence. You know, how do you manage yourself? How do you manage others? Those are all the key things. But then Kathy and I have a special focus on this idea of emotional brilliance. And so if you think about this for a moment, you know, when you're about ready to give a presentation, you may be on Zoom or you may be on Teams, um, and it's a big presentation, what do you, you know, what do you wear? They may only see you from the top half, but, you know, what do you, what's the blouse or the shirt that you have on? You go to your closet and you go, what's the perfect thing for this situation? That is what we're looking at as far as emotional brilliance. How do you pull out just the right tools to be your best in the moment? And it really bases on what do you know about yourself, what do you know about others. It's kind of that intelligence, intelligence about yourself, intelligence about others, so that your response is just the right response in that situation. That's really what emotional brilliance is. And there's a a bunch of tools uh, that both Kathy and I have, and we have other guests and experts on our website, you know, emotional, uh, the EB Life, Emotional Brilliance Life Book, or eblifebook.com uh, slash academy. 
And if you go to that, or you can also go to emotionalbrilliance.com, and you can uh, see some of the things we have. We have a seven-day uh, free trial. And again, let me just make sure you get this right. Uh, www.eblifebook.com. And then you can also go eblifebook.com slash academy. Let me say a word about Roger, and let's bring him on, all right, Kathy? Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, Roger and I originally met uh, at Oxford University. We were both speakers and facilitators at the uh, World Presidents Organization Leadership Program uh, in London. It was a delight. Uh, Roger is one of the most engaging, uh, charismatic, and humorous <laughs> conductors I have ever come across. And uh, he has uh, indispensable leadership lessons from the podium of an orchestra to share with us today. And uh, Maestro Roger uh, Nuremberg made his New York conducting debut at Avery Fisher with the Pro Art Corallin uh, Orchestra. You might also say choral. I say Corallin Orchestra. He was soon invited to conduct operas in two successive seasons at the mostly Mozart Festival at New York's Lincoln Center, and thereafter followed long and successful tenures as music director of both the Sanford Symphony in Connecticut and the Jacksonville Symphony in Florida. He has guest conducted uh, at, at well over uh, a dozen internationally and nationally known uh, organizations, and I'll just name a few. The National Symphony, the uh, Opera Theater of St. Louis, the Detroit Symphony, the St. Louis Symphony, the Baltimore Symphony, the Indianapolis Symphony, the San Diego, San Diego Symphony, and many other great American orchestras. He's also well-known, very well-known abroad, and he's recorded with the London Philharmonic and conducted at both the Prague Spring Festival and the Beijing Festival. He has collaborated with many of the most renowned soloists, artists, and composers of our time. He's just an amazing human, 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 period. <laughs> and during his tenure uh, with the Jacksonville Symphony, uh, the seeds actually were planted that would lead Maestro Nuremberg to a startling departure from what most would consider a conventional, uh, you know, music uh, career and uh, through his creation of something called the music paradigm, he's been able to share through his engaging experiences with communities, businesses, civic leaders, and the folks that I mentioned, we were all enjoying him over in London. And he became curious about the challenges and the opportunities that people face when they are, you know, dealing with uh rapid times of change, and how do we engage all of our people more quickly. He, he realized how crucial the issues of organizational development are, and he powerfully brought those to light, uh, not only within his orchestra, but within his great, wonderful, wonderful program called The Music Paradigm. Um, he's been written about in Fortune 500. Uh, he is an amazing human being. I cannot tell you uh, more about him. You just need to listen to him. Many of the lessons that he has learned are uh, presented in his book, Maestro, a surprising story about leading by listening. He uh, was honored in 2009 as the best leadership book from 800 CEO Read, And we are delighted to have you on the show today. Welcome, Maestro. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> You're welcome. We're glad, we're, gl we're glad to have you. Like, Kathy, I, I participated. I don't know what conference it was, but, uh, you know, you were the presenter, and we were all in the audience and, and, and with different parts of the orchestra and stuff. So that was a while back. But, you know, being knowing that we as adults learn through experience, um, that was really fascinating. So thanks for doing this, and we wanted to ask you a some of the questions, you know, that we're going to go through, I know some of the ones I'm interested in is down the line around direction or criticism. We're going to talk a little bit about management and leadership. We're going to talk about, you know, somehow musicians may judge a conductor. 
So these are all really good questions. What we want to start with, Roger, is maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, you, uh, where, how you see emotional intelligence, you know, is one of the themes we talked about, understanding yourself, managing yourself, the simple definition, you know, as a conductor. You know, why is that important? Then we'll go through the other questions that we'll zero in on. Yeah. Well, emotional t- intelligence is enormously important because standing in front of an orchestra, you have uh, you have uh, a team which is enormously invested in in their work. Um, they've uh, first of all they've sacrificed a lot to to acquire those skills, and uh, and they've reached a high level of expertise. And uh, they care a lot about their playing. And you as the leader are charged with aligning all of them and kind of setting, charting a course that they'll follow. And, um, and they may not necessarily agree. They may have other ideas. Uh, they may have a, um, a kind of resistance to being led, which is which is the result of having been led by people who are leaders who are not very enlightened. And so emotional intelligence is really critical in, um, in stepping away from all the landmines that are potentially there. Um, there are many ways that you can, without, without realizing it, you can insult them, uh, or you can simply understimulate them in ways that they need, and then, and then they become rather uncooperative. Uh, so I think emotional intelligence is, is an enormous, uh, enormously important for leaders. Well, Roger, we're going to continue this dialogue with you, and thank you again for being with us. So come right back. We're having an indispensable leadership lesson with Maestro Roger Nuremberg. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic plays to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're just getting into talking with Maestro Roger Nuremberg, 
And if you want more information on Roger, you can go to his website, www.musicparadigm.com, www.musicparadigm.com. And so, Roger, one of the things we're interested in is why do you think conductors are so well situated to learn about leadership? And the other piece of that is we were just talking about in the break, so much of that is nonverbal of what you're picking up about your folks, but so really from a leadership standpoint and just being not only a maestro but a master of reading people, you know, when they're actually doing their art, you know, doing their craft. Well, yeah, so music is, is a medium that translates behavior into results almost instantaneously. With most of the work that, that, that takes place, there's a gap between what you do and when the results finally come in. The gap could be an hour or, or it could be a week or it could be a month. So by the time the results come, it's it's sometimes very ambiguous about what was the behavior that caused that. But in the case of music, there's no question about it because a direction is given, the behavior happens, and the result comes in. And, and so, therefore, it, it puts you in a position to, uh, to really contemplate, you know, what was the effect of that behavior. And then, you know, unlike most leaders, you have your workforce in, right in front of you. Uh, and uh, so, therefore, it's uh, for those leaders who do, who who uh, want to kind of deny that that they were responsible for what happened. That's very difficult for a conductor because it all happened right, not only you know in real time, but also in front of everyone. So, therefore, the the choices that we make, we come to see, are really important. And to the extent that we can get disciplined about the way we lead, um, we can be more effective. And there's a wonderful feeling when you, when you, you give a direction or you offer, you offer a kind of a metaphor for what success would look like, and you hit the bullseye. Then it happens right immediately. So you learn lessons very powerfully. Well, let me jump in there. I was waiting for Kathy there. So say a little bit about the nonverbals that you pick up because, um, and, you know, and you're looking at everybody, you have something in mind, you know, so what's, like, what are you picking up, you know, from your team? And that's a beautiful thing you just said in regards to, you know, we talk about the leader is under the spotlight all the time. Well, it's so true and exactly what you're doing. You're at the podium and everybody's looking at you every moment. So what, what are you picking up when you're looking out? And kind of what's going on for you when, when you're there? Like, what are you thinking? Well, there are two dimensions to the nonverbal um, communication. One is the conventional meaning, which is that there's, there's uh, the team right in front of you, and you can see them all. I mean, you're, you're on a podium and strategic, strategically placed in such a way that you have access to them and they have access to you. And so, you know, when you come to the podium, you look around and you, you read and you kind of assess what's, what's the state of this orchestra. They may, for example, have just been on some kind of tour and played a concert late last night and then gotten on a bus and come back, and so they're really tired. You may see that. Or they may be very ready and enthusiastic to play a particular piece, uh, so you read that, and that's part of it. But the more important part of reading the nonverbal is the language that we speak and the, the nature of the work, which is that we are producing music, and you read inside the music what their, you read their behavior. To a certain extent, you read their attitude. You read what it is that they know about this piece. You read what have they not seen, and then you also need to read things like how well can they hear each other. Uh, and uh, you're just taking in a tremendous amount of information about the team. And your job is, even while you're conducting, to, to assess this and analyze it and then figure out what is the prescription that will lead them to a, a more successful outcome. Roger, as, as a conductor, you have spent 
your professional life, obviously leading very brilliant people uh, in, in the music world. Can you talk a little bit about how you can align them so quickly without having a great deal of experience with them? That agility is so important in today's leadership world. Yeah. Well, it's a skill that conductors are really, um, it's necessary for them to have because sometimes as a conductor, you may be called on to, in an emergency, step into a performance where you haven't rehearsed it and you don't know the group. You know the work very well, but you don't know the group. And then in real time, you have to figure out uh, about about the, the team and what they know and how to guide them. So I think what's indispensable is having a very clear picture of what success looks like, a, a kind of a target towards which you aim. But... Uh, that may not be the ultimate result because the musicians also have their target. And what you try to do is, in the process, you try to align your target with their target in such a way that the work becomes uh, um, easier because everybody understands what we're doing. And all this happens um, you know, while, while you're doing it. You know, you're... you're Figuring it out and and fixing things and operating it uh, all in real time. It's uh, it's a lot to think about. Well, there's so much variables. You know, Roger, as you're talking, the first thing I was thinking about, you know, thinking about kind of in pictures, it's kind of like the quarterback of a football team, you know, who basically comes up and and does an audible. We've kind of used that as kind of a, a, a metaphor for emotionally brilliant. But then you brought up something that's that's got to be is even more phenomenal. Sometimes you're the quarterback with a brand new team, and you know that ability to somehow orchestrate a line, you know, not with the people that you necessarily know or, or have practiced. Um, so, how do you? I mean, given you got such a long resume, how do you build up credibility in the moment with them? Uh, First of all, I think you become comfortable and you become skilled in what it is to lead. And, you know, these professionals, they've seen so many conductors and they are very, very quick to judge. They will, they'll make a judgment about a conductor within the first five seconds of what you do. Uh, and they're reading your body and they're right. reading your level of comfort Comfort with the situation, which is, which is a very special kind of situation because the communication is so intense. But also they're reading about your comfort with yourself. Uh, yeah. I'll give you an example. Uh, I was once engaged to, to guest conduct an orchestra, and they had a hall which was, uh, oh, like 150 years old. It was a wonderful sound in that room. But I arrived in late November for my first rehearsal, and for some reason, the heat had not been turned on in the, uh, in the hall. And, and the orchestra was all in an uproar uh, because they didn't feel that they could play, and there are some instruments, like the oboes, where if the temperature is, is too cold, the instruments will crack. So, so they were really upset, and they were upset with me. And... I was I was not really very experienced at that time, and I thought I felt like, what are you getting upset with me? I didn't cause this. I'm I'm a victim just the same as you. But that wasn't the way they saw it, and they were upset with me. I didn't yet have the maturity to understand that their being upset with me was actually a compliment, because it meant that they were accepting my authority, and that I should not. I should not take it personally. It was just simply part of the situation. And that's what I mean about being comfortable with yourself. Yeah. That you, you know how to take on the responsibility of, of leadership. You know so how to be comfortable. That's a great example. So what would you do with the maturity that you have today? You walk in the same situation. They're all upset. 
And again, you said it beautifully because that's what we talk about leaders. In five seconds, they are evaluating you and judging you. So what would you do today in that exact same situation in those first five seconds to somehow make it better? Well, I would I would probably uh, ask for their attention. I wonder they were all disorganized. <laughs> but I'd try to ask for their attention and give them a kind of a status report that this is what I know and we're going to deal with this situation and I would assure them that we're not going to, we're not going to begin this before, before we have this solved. So just be patient, that kind of thing, so that they, yeah. they, they're not guessing. You know, yes, yes. And, and I think there's so and, much reverence and, and, and uh, appreciation for your being empathetic towards them. Um, you know, Roger, as, as you think about your childhood and how you came to where you are today, uh, it appears to me that from childhood classical musicians must learn to be extremely discriminating um, about them, themselves, their playing, their listening, their rhythm. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be someone who we will never, I mean, we will never stand in your shoes. No one could ever have the amazing experiences that you've had. And what's it like when you are the brilliant one standing in front of other brilliant people? Is there a different approach that you would take to, to getting in front of them? Or is it everybody you treat them, you know, regardless of what symphony you're in front of, you treat everyone the same? Well, I just want to expand on one thing before I answer your question, which is that uh -huh. uh, musicians learn to play their instruments by being very discriminating, by being, being mm. very critical. They, uh, that's the way you learn to play in tune. That's the way you learn to play in time. And you've been doing it since your childhood. And this critical, critical listening is something that musicians, they just live with, and they can't turn it off. Um, they're critical of their colleagues, and they're very appreciative of the ones who who have, you know, developed a very, very high standard. And they're equally critical of the people who lead them, equally critical. So the fact that, the, that the, the team is critical of you, that's not a personal thing. That's just part of the territory, and that's something that you get comfortable with. Now, if you wouldn't mind, just restate the, the, the question so I can answer the, more directly. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to restate it and we're going to go to a quick break so you even have time to think about it. But it's mostly, uh, Maestro, how do you as a brilliant conductor, a, a brilliant musician, stand in front of other brilliant musicians and how do you approach that very unique task? We're going to come right back. We're having an amazing conversation with Maestro Roger Nuremberg. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. 
learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Uh, we'll have an engaging conversation with Roger Nirenberg. If you want to hear more about his book and, and the music paradigm, www.musicparadigm.com. So before the break, uh, Roger, Kathy was asking about, you know, you being brilliant in your own way and then dealing with other folks that are brilliant. How do you um, move forward in, in getting their cooperation? And is there something in that metaphor that, that business leaders can learn from. Yeah. Well, I'll answer, I'll answer the question by telling a brief story. Uh, a friend of mine um, uh, played many years with the Cleveland Orchestra, one of the greatest orchestras in the world. And he was talking to someone who asked him, how do you judge a conductor? And he thought about it, and he said, I judge a conductor by how I feel. And the, the questioner said, how you feel about him or her? He said, no, by how I feel about the music. And I think mm. there's, there's an important insight there, which is that if, you, if you're standing in front of brilliant people and you, you want to be brilliant, you want to show them your brilliance, you're, you're misguided because there's something more than anybody's brilliance, which is the endeavor of, of creating great music. And that's really what people care about. So if you get tied up with, you know, how am I going to be brilliant in, 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 in front of such a brilliant audience, you're really getting distracted from what makes everything to come together, which is to produce great music. And you understand that that as brilliant as they are, they have their role. They're brilliant in playing their instrument, and they're brilliant in, in musical styles. And, and, but your job is you're brilliant in musical strategy and musical insight and musical metaphor and ways of having a clear, a clear success picture and a way of articulating that success picture in such a way that it makes, makes it come alive for them, and they can easily understand it and align around it. And that is a different skill set. So they simply have their job to do, you have your job to do, and you go about doing that job. Uh, and any notion about how brilliant you are, you just have to put, put out of your mind. Because that's just a distraction. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because uh, we were just talking to, uh, or listening, I should say, to a couple of CEOs last week from large global companies talking about firing themselves uh, pretty much as often as they can and rehiring themselves with the skills that they need in the same jobs. You have a program called Tuning In. Um, you've, I believe, delivered this on PBS and, and so many other programs uh, that people have been exposed to. But I'm not sure if they really um, understand the mindsets and behaviors of high-performing teams. Can you talk a little bit about tuning in? Well, tuning in, after, after having done uh, two decades of, of putting audiences inside live, live orchestras, and doing demonstrations of the dynamic between conductor and musician in such a way as to enlighten them about their own challenges and their own ambitions and revealing to them that they actually have other powers than, than they may have realized. So that was very effective. 
And then I questioned myself, was there a way of making the skills of a chamber musician come alive where it's a lot about negotiating and giving and receiving feedback and uh, uh, getting everybody involved? So I invented uh, another kind of experience, which I call tuning in. And um, the wonderful uh, array of skills that chamber musicians have, where there's, it's a self-governing team without a specified leader, that's explored. That's what tuning in is about. Beautiful. So, uh, thinking about this, Roger, you, you're provoking a lot of just very interesting thoughts. So, let's say, are there times where you feel tuned in? I'm just using that word. I don't know exactly how you would define it, but you know, aligned. You know that this is the perfect sound that we have, and most of the other people are feeling that way. But then someone's not. You know that you kind of, you hit the right pitch and. and Sports, they call it the zone, and uh, you know, probably similar, you know, in music. I don't know what you call it, but when you're, you know, it, you're, it, you're, you're in that right place, and most people are feeling it, but then someone isn't. Does that happen? And then, how do you deal with that? Well, you have a, a, a relatively large group of people in front of you, and they're probably never all going to feel the same thing at the same time. Um, yeah. And it's very important to, to accept that as a reality, that that's, there are things that you can't control. And there was this great story that uh, James Levine, the conductor of the Metropolitan Opera, told us when we were students at Juilliard about uh, a rehearsal. Uh, when he was, a, he was a fairly young conductor, and he, there was one musician who, um, who seemed, every time he made a remark, seemed more and more upset. And he started to get distracted by this, and he thought, man, this, this guy really hates me. And sure enough, when the break came, he saw this musician put, put his instrument in his case and come directly towards the podium. And he came up to him, and he thought, oh, boy, this really guy is going to really say something that's going to be painful to me. And what he said is, why can't you be music director here? And so Levine realized that he completely misread that behavior. That yeah. actually, it was the most positive thing. So you learn that you, you have to go, in order to evaluate what's going on, you go to the KPIs, you know, the key performance indicators. And in our case, that's the sound. You listen to the sound, and that's where you read the behavior. You look at the results, the ultimate results, and you analyze them. That, you know... Uh, Nonverbal behavior can be misleading. I could tell you another story about it, and it's such a good one for leaders. Uh, I was once conducting an orchestra, and I noticed that one of the violinists just didn't seem to be taking to my, my vision of the piece at all, and she was playing with very little energy and barely seemed interested. And my, my first reaction was, you know, I... This woman's getting paid. You know, she's not, you know, she's not doing her job. And, um, but I was mature enough to not make a judgment about it. Yeah. And when the break came, I said to the concertmaster, I said, what's going on with the, the fifth violinist here? She said, well, what do you mean? She's a good player. I said, well, she doesn't seem to be participating at all. She said, well, I'll see. And then she came back after the break. She said to me, you were right. She's getting divorced, and she just came from court just now. Mm. Wow. So then I realized that my maturity was well-founded, because if I had made an issue about her energy level, everybody would have found out what was going on, and I would have made an enemy of the entire orchestra. Uh, so, so therefore, you, you learn what to focus on and to keep your, keep your focus on the successful mission of what the music is, understanding that the orchestra may not have seen in it yet what you see, but that's okay because it, your job is to bring them to it and to show them in such a way that ultimately they come to own it also. And you don't force feed that. You, you nurture it. 
you create a kind of a culture where we're all working together and we all accept the behavior that's offered and we work with that and and bring it along towards the goal. Ultimately, you, you find a way of aligning it and you don't resist. There's one more great story that I heard about. It was a rehearsal of the New York Philharmonic. And in the middle of this rehearsal, two musicians started having a fight, a shouting match, right in the middle of the rehearsal. And it stopped the rehearsal. And uh, Zubin Mehta was the conductor. And they're screaming at each other. And I thought to myself, well, how was he going to handle that? How was he going to say, this is, you know, the New York Philharmonic. You can't behave this way or anything. But he, one guy was screaming in Italian and the other guy was screaming in Yiddish. And uh, so all he did was to translate to the orchestra because he knew both languages well. And he translated what they were saying. And one guy said, he's breaking my balls. And so everybody laughed. And then the incident passed. And it didn't become... A big deal. And that's what I mean about, you know, uh, not trying to force people to behave in the way you want them to behave, but rather taking that their is, behavior and leading it yes. towards the goal, the ultimate goal, which yeah, is bigger is so than anybody's behavior. It's, it's, and, you it's know, an it's funny, artistic uh, Roger, goal. We have a, yeah, we have a, a, a word for that that we use in our Emotional Brands Academy called NAME. N-A-M-E, notice and name the behavior, accept it, manage it, and express it. And that was a beautiful story to uh, Well, that's, to a, that's a beautiful that. uh, acronym there. Uh, <laughs> well, you're and welcome. the first you're welcome is to you. notice it, and then accept <laughs> it, it, and manage it, and what was the E? Exactly. Express What was the E, the last it. one? Express it. Expr- Express it. Express it. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. And well, that's, that's, we are a, so that's a sign of mature yeah. leadership. Uh-huh. It is, and we're so blessed to have you. And speaking of mature leaders, we have some very genuine friends uh, in common over the years, Roger, both Warren Bennis, who was my mentor, and our very good friend, Marshall Goldsmith. Yes. And I know all of us believe that you, you are creative genius meets executive excellence in many, many different ways. But we're going to go to a quick break. So don't go away. Come right back. We're speaking to Maestro Roger Nuremberg. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. If you want some more information about maestro Roger Nirenberg, www.musicparadigm.com. And, Roger, a couple of things I want to highlight that you just talked about in those stories that I think relates to leaders is, one, not being judgmental. There's a thing in psychology called the theory of mind where you're trying to read what somebody else is thinking, but really going to acceptance and accepting it. And then the other thing was asking questions. I think if you're curious, you can't be judgmental. I think there are two opposite sides. And so we, for leaders and for coaches, really are focusing on them being curious because it kind of keeps you in the now and quiets some of that thought. So great stuff that's helped here. And one of the things that I'm sure you've had to deal with that relates to leaders is that... uh, Many musicians may con- consider the conductor their natural enemy, and that may happen for a new leader coming into an organization. Um, what do you? What have you learned about that? And how do you uh, deal with that? Well, uh, I was uh, one of my first professional engagements was uh, conducting a concert with the Baltimore Symphony. I had won a competition where the, that concert was part of the prize. And on the night before, there was some kind of social thing. And one of the musicians in the orchestra, he made that remark to me. He said, the conductor is the natural enemy of the orchestral musician. And I, I thought, well, not me. You know, I'm, I'm not the enemy. Uh, uh, and I, I, I mean, I just didn't really know enough at that time. It was my first professional engagement. Uh, but there are many reasons why the, the uh, conductor is the natural enemy. Because, you know, you, you, the musicians, they have musical ideas, they have musical concepts, but they have to do what the conductor tells them. They have to play it the way the conductor wants it, whether they like it or not. The conductor is constantly putting them inside his own box, you know, and they have to serve that. And not only that, but conductors, they have a certain kind of power. You know, the conductor is the one who's charged with uh, warning people when their performance is not adequate and uh, initiating firing against them. And everybody understands there is that power. Uh, and when somebody has power over you, you just don't feel really comfortable with them because you know that they can, they can hurt you. Uh, and that's just something that is not about you it's in the nature of relationships and institutions. And so what I learned to do is I learned to accept the fact that when I stand in front of an orchestra, probably the majority of people are, are not going to be enthusiastic about my leadership unless, you know, until I become, you know, a world-famous conductor. Um, and that's perfectly okay because I think that's a fine starting point then what you want to do is you want to have a success picture which is really worth working for, something that's worth people sacrificing and and taking a risk for. That success picture has to be very alive in you. And then you have a way of transmitting that to the workforce in a way that they can make it their own, that they can adopt it and they can own it. And, And then they begin to hear the effect of your leadership on their sound, and that's what they judge you by. They judge you by the way they sound and your effect on them. So it's perfectly okay if people feel like you're, like you're the enemy. That just, that's just comes with your position. 
Maestro, it has been such an amazing experience to have you with us today talking about indispensable leadership lessons from the podium of an orchestra, such a rare and beautiful place to see the world. Uh, what would you like to leave our audience with today? What, what one thing would you like them to hear? Well, that's the toughest question you've asked me <laughs> during the, this whole hour. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm sure you have something. Just one word. Um, I, I would invite them to uh, explore the metaphor of the, of the conductor and the orchestra. Uh-huh. Because um, I, don't, I don't suggest that executives or any kinds of leaders, managers, you know, should be like conductors. But that in understanding what, what happens between conductor and orchestra, because the communication is so lightning fast, and as I said, you know, behavior turns into results so fast, that suddenly you see yourself in a new light when you see those relationships. And it's so clear there, you begin to understand that that there are possibilities that you have uh, that can, can make you more effective in the way you lead. And I like to say that for a leader, every little bit of improvement that you can make, every tiny little bit, comes as an enormous relief to the people who work under you. Uh, and so that it's really worth uh, exploring uh, how to how to find one's own power and one's own freedom and to find one's own effectiveness, to find out what are the disciplines that one has to take on and improve in order to make the work better. And in that scenario, everybody wins when the leadership gets better. Roger, that's that's beautiful. And, And thanks for your thoughtful response to that. So, before we leave, because we're going to leave in a minute, well, I think we're going to leave right now, so let me just have you, plenty of more questions, we'll have to have you back on the show, Um, but it's been really great having you. I know we have some things about management, leadership, I'd love to hear more about how you give feedback, so maybe we'll have to have you back and help, help our audience hear some of the tips, the gems, for them to be their best and be emotionally brilliant in the moment. So thank you. Well, that would Roger. be my pleasure. Oh, that would be great. Kathy, you want to bring us well, home? thank you, Roger. Yes, go to www.musicparadigm.com to embrace everything that Maestro Roger Nuremberg has to offer. We sure will. Thank you for tuning up and tuning in to your own performance. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.